Welcome to the Burning Brown. I'm your host, Jeff Moon, and I have an amazing interview for you guys today with Coach Juan Robinson. He's a retired professional basketball player and now founder of Life of Hoops. And I'm happy to bring you with RI Sports Hoops Podcast. We would do that for our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Let's go. Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I have a great interview for you guys today with Juwan Robinson. I really enjoyed our conversation. First of all, to start, I was a big Juwan Robinson fan when he played at URI. He actually really helped me become more of a fan of URI, so it was awesome to talk to him about the URI days, as well as to talk to him about you know his professional playing days and how he came up with uh, Life of Hoops, which he is now the founder of Life of Hoops, an awesome basketball program that he runs. It also is an AU program as well, too, but he does a lot of training with the young men and women in our community and just does an excellent job uh, with what he does and uh, has really built a gr- something great over there. So I would suggest if you guys are looking to learn from a professional basketball player or and someone of the, that level of skill and who has coached with the Celtics as well, too, I definitely suggest going to Coach Juwan Robinson in our community but before we get into that interview with coach robinson remember you can watch today's episode on youtube by searching the roadie runback just remember that like share and subscribe button and if you can't make it there just hit that like share and subscribe button on the podcast platform that you are currently listening to right now all right now for my interview with coach robinson all right on today's show I welcome on a very special guest. He is Juan Robinson. He is a retired professional basketball player and owner and founder of Life of Hoops. Juan, how you doing? I'm good, man. Just happy to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, very excited to have you on the show. As I mentioned, I was a big fan of yours when you were playing at URI. So just excited yeah. to, you know, actually be talking to you and have you on the show. So it's awesome. Thanks, man. You remember some good tape. You remember some good days. So yeah, he's a real fan. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, of course. I remember those game winners. There's a few of those I remember watching. There's a few of them, man. There's a few of them. It's crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But uh, I know that you're owner and founder of Life of Hoops, but before we get into Life of Hoops and how you started Life of Hoops here in Rhode Island, I want to, you know, kind of get into your background about you and maybe some things that the listeners don't know about about you as well, too. But first, I want to know, and I asked a lot of of my uh, uh, guests on the show like how did you fall in love with the game of basketball itself oh man um I don't know it's just uh it kind of just something that fell in my hand I always loved just the feel of the basketball and just dribbling it I love dribbling the ball so I would walk around the neighborhood I was the kid with the basketball in my hand all the time just dribbling up and down the block you know what I mean so it came natural to me you know what I mean and it was so it was fun to just do moves and just, it was, it was a way to be very creative. So I used to just have all these moves in my head and I would walk around trying to create new moves and do new things. So it was like, it was something that gave me a lot of uh, creativity. That's awesome. That, that's great. And like, how did it like just grow and grow and develop? Like, is there a player that inspired you or a family member? Or is it just something just from dribbling the basketball around that you just like realized it was all you? Yeah, it was just, it just developed just from dribbling basketball. I got an older brother, I mean, Robinson and, um, he was a basketball player, so I had somebody to push me, you know what I mean? 
that makes it a lot easier when you got like a, a sibling that can that you can just compete with every day. So me and him would have our little battles, but it started early, you know what I mean? Because I had a bigger brother that was playing the sport, you know what I mean? So I automatically gravitated to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it brought me so much joy, you know what I mean? And this one I knew was, and I used to do like a form of gymnastics before this. You know really? I played a little bit of football too. Um, but I used to just do it. I used to tumble all the time. Me and my friends would get all of these mattresses and we would just do flips on them. And I was really good at that. Yeah. But um, the basketball came and I knew that was the sport that I was going to play. That's awesome. That, that's great. And that's interesting about the gymnastics and just tumbling around. Oh, and doing yeah. front that, was, that was like my favorite, man. I used to, <laughs> we used to do flips. We used to climb roofs and do flips off a person, roof house or something. It was crazy. That's, that's crazy. Reminds me of when I was kid. when I used to like watch wrestling, I used to like do like flips on like, on like on a mattress yeah, and be yeah. like, like one of those guys a- from the top rope or something like that. Yeah, that was us. Yeah. That was us. I love it. And then, so what was your recruiting process like, and how did you end up at the University of Rhode Island? Well, I wasn't, I really, basketball was just fun for me. You know what I mean? I never looked at it like a way out or scholarships or NBA. I mean, I I love the NBA. I love uh, Allen Iverson and stuff, but I never thought that was a dream. I never thought I would be able to make it that far. You know what I mean? Um, I, I was in the streets a lot, just having fun with my friends. You know what I mean? So, I think when it when I got to high school, it became a little bit more serious because I had to like actually make a team. You know, before that, I just a man in the neighborhood always had a neighborhood team, and I always play on that team. And we yeah. played in different neighborhoods, but it was nothing. I never played AU. I played probably like two tournaments at AU. It was just something I couldn't get into. I didn't like it, um, so I was I wasn't heavily recruited. Um, my first year in high school, I didn't even try out because. I was more like a street ball player. You know, I did the and one moves. I was on and one mixtape volume three. So um, I was more of an and one guy. Yeah. And in high school, I had to make a team. So I was like, all right, let me go off with this team. But I was a little scared because it was like organized ball. So um, I didn't go out the first year. My brother was pissed at me, but I lied. I was like, oh, I forgot. He was like, how did you forget that? He was pissed. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I didn't play my first year. My second year I played and I was like five points. And then my third year, my junior year, I averaged 17. Then my senior year, I averaged 32. Wow. And uh, it was like me and DeWine Wagner. DeWine Wagner was yep. like right across the bridge in Jersey. And I was in Philly. So we was like holding the score titles of our, of our states. You know? um, and we used to get a lot of comparisons and guys wanted to play us, each other and everything like that. But it was just something that I never saw the future with. It was I was just living in the moment. Wow, that that's crazy. So what, like, what was, like, when you take that, like, step to, like, you know, start averaging all those points to like more recruit, like coaches start taking interest and in, like, how did like what coaches, like what teams are really interested in you to really start thinking about playing at the college level? Well, after high school, I, I scored all these points yeah. and um, I had not one, I didn't even have a division one letter. Really? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even have a division two letter. Oh my God. I probably had like a D three letter and I'm crying in the house. Like, yo, I'm averaging 32. I'm all everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even have a look. So my mom's like, what are you going to do? So I'm like, mom, like, I'm going to just take a year off. Like, she like, why don't you go to a junior college? I'm like, mom, I'm not going to a junior college. She's yeah. like, why not? It's a school. I'm like, mom, because I know I'm better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was serious. I was going to take a year off. And um, she got in touch with a friend of hers that she, that she knew from playing basketball, who played in the NBA back in the day with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at UCLA. He was All-American. His name was Andre McCarter. He lived in L.A., but he went to this prep school called MCI, which was in Maine. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I knew Katino Mobley had went there. So I knew a little bit about the school and the situation. I knew it was a prep school. I knew some NBA guys came out of there. So I was open to it. I was like, all right, I'll do prep. As long as it don't interfere with my college years. Yeah. Uh, I went to prep school. My my it was like last minute. We did, they wanted like three thousand. My parents didn't have the money. So I, a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, uh, him and his brothers gave us me and my family money. It was like a last day thing. We drove all the way to Maine. As I'm getting there, the bus is all loaded, ready to leave to this. Uh, I think it was like a, a Bob Bob something Bob Huggins tournament. Yeah. And uh, it was a big time tournament. I didn't know. You know what I mean? I don't know nothing about none of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just playing basketball. Yeah. I get to the tournament. Like the coach, like, look, just put your bags down, hop in the van. I grab my sneakers and everything. I go to this tournament, I kill the tournament. So everybody's like coming up to like, yo, where are you from? Where are you from? I'm like, oh, Philly, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, it started there, prep school. And it was elite competition against NBA guys that was like future NBA guys. Uh, Rashard McCann, Francisco Garcia, a few other guys. Um, but it was elite competition and it brought the best out of me. I was like, every, every weekend it was something tough. So um, I, rem- I remember my parents came, my mom came to a game. This was the first time my mom ever seen me play. We were playing against Rashad McCants. I scored 52 against Rashad McCants. And oh this is my, my first, this is not 48. And this is the first game my mom ever seen me play. So she's like, oh, my baby goes to this. <laughs> 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 it was so funny, but I was so happy to just give her this much joy. She was so happy. And, um, but as I'm playing, Schools start to reach out. Um, yeah. I had Western Kentucky. I had Pitt. I had uh, Texas. I had um, who else? Uh, LaSalle. Um, a few other schools, you know. But it came down, and then URI. You know what I mean? So I knew Catino uh, went there. I yeah. knew Tyson Wheeler. I knew a little bit about the school, not much. So I started taking visits. I went to Pitt. I went to Miami. I went to West Kentucky. And uh, I was like, when I when I went to URI, it was it was it was beautiful. I was coming from Maine. I'm an inner city kid. Yeah, you know, I don't see like these animals like deer and deer and moose. So yeah. I go to Maine and I'm seeing all of this cool stuff. And I'm just seeing lakes with the snow around it. It was just beautiful. And I mean, it opened my mind. So I was like, this is really cool. So when I got to URI, it was like the same thing. It was. They took me to a, a beach house party that was amazing. It was right there on the water. So you come out, you just walk on the water and relax like 4 a.m. It was mm-hmm. just a real relaxed way of living. And coming from Philadelphia, I had just lost um, a best friend of mine. Uh, and it was just kind of like I just wanted to get away. You know? yeah. and so, like, this was the perfect place for me when I came to get it. Now, I committed to Pitt. It was Big East. Everything that my brother like, yo, it's Big East. Cause you got to go Big East. And um, I committed to Pitt. My mom was like, well, you got to call that guy. You're right. I like that coach. He was Des- Desmond Oliver who recruited me. Yeah. And, um, I called him back and I was like, coach, I decided to go to Pitt. Thank you very much. He talked me out of it right there. Boom. <laughs> Next thing you know, I decided, I'll commit to URI. And that's how it all started. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And that's that's great. Glad that you committed to URI. And, you know, what was your time at URI? I mean, they had built the Ryan Center and had a whole new facility. It's completely different from Keeney Gym, too, as well, too. I remember being the old Keeney Gym, like, sitting in the stands, and then you walk into the Ryan Center. It's this beautiful facility now. Uh, what's it like, you know, your time playing at URI, and uh, what sticks um, out the most to you? <laughs> it was it was amazing, man, because a lot of kids make bad decisions when they're going to school. Yeah, They just go to the school with the name, and they're not going 
to the school that best suits you as a person and your skills as a player. You know what I mean? So when I came to URI, everything was set for me. You know what I mean? I thought I was going to start the first year. Howard Smith beat me to the, beat me out of the spot, but he was a veteran point guard that showed me the ropes and it started with defense. Yeah. So he groomed me that first year, but I had time to. Um, and when I came in, my second year was all ready for me and I just kind of just took it all over. You know what I mean? And the memories, the game winners, the people, the everything man it was it was some crazy and then at the ryan center like we opened that gym up like yeah. i mean it was a lot of changes being made because it was the lamar old lamar odom era and the uh, zach marbury era where they was trying to clear things like clean things up you know what i mean so yeah of course baron was like look everybody's going to graduate got to go to class we had a 6 a.m club where my first year i had to prep so I, I mean, prop. So I didn't play my first year. So yeah. I, it was killing me because I couldn't play. So I couldn't even be in the gym. This oh. one education really was in this one. It hit me like, look, you got to do school because I didn't get a high enough grade on my SAT to play the first year. So I had to prop that first year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was so bad. They wouldn't even I couldn't even go into the gym to watch the team practice. Wow. So, that, so it, it created this huge chip on my shoulder. Like when I come back, I'm going to kill everything. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So I was training with like this track guy. I got jacked up, like you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was and I, I played in a mural and I I I killed in a mural. I was working out so hard. I killed, I probably averaged like 40 in a mural. This is where my name on campus started like going big. They was like, look, it's this one dude that's playing, he's not even on the team yet. Like, yeah. why is this dude not on the team? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I prop and I would I was I would crawl up into the bleachers at the high stands and watch the team. But these little things created the, the 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 everlasting moments. It created this chip on my shoulder, and I just wanted to go in there and show everybody who I was and who was this guy, Dewan Robson. Yeah. Oh my God, you were a, a hell of a player when I like. I remember the. That's why I became an even bigger URI fan when you were playing basketball, and I remember the games and being at the Ryan Center. And the first time I walked in the Ryan Center, you guys would play against Charlotte, and I remember you put a dunk down on someone, and I was like, I, "Yeah, this is like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was awesome to see." And the one game I was always disappointed I missed out on because I had to Don't go. Don't say C Hall. Don't say C Hall. It wasn't C. It was the St. Joe's game, I think. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I missed the game winning shot on that. Oh, yes, I, yeah, I know. Game, it was a crazy game because, uh, you know, Jameer Nelson is from Chester. That's not too far from Philly. You know? Yeah. And so I was getting a lot of those comparisons and hearing that. Like my homies was like, "Look, you know, you're going against Jameer and Jameer and Delonte. These guys undefeated. Like Jameer, they both about to go to the NBA. Everybody know it. You know what I mean? This was like the prime moment to really." If you wanted to create a name for yourself, like this was the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I knew I was like a sophomore. You know what I mean? I knew the ball was going to cut in my hands at this point. You know, my sophomore year, coach was giving me the ball at the end of the games. And I was delivering a lot of the times. You know what I mean? So this game, I knew I just had to get the whole year I worked on these mid-range. And I never was a mid-range dude. My brother was. And he used to tell me, like, look, DeWine, you got to work. You got to shoot the mid-range. So this, I knew I was going to be able to get a mid-range shot off. And I penetrated. I went. And I went to shoot the ball. And I just wasn't on balance. I felt my foot slip a little bit. It took a little bit away from the shot. And I missed. And I was like, dang. Because they was undefeated. That would have worked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was like Crazy. ESPN was there. Wasn't ESPN there? Yeah, it was Nick like, Bartel like was there. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was it was it was ready. It was like it was the whole the, the atmosphere was like upset atmosphere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we ah, oh, it was crazy, man. It was yeah. And then 
we turned the ball over. You remember at the end? Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. I remember, I just, I do remember that game, but I was like, it was just awesome to see what you were like you as a player and like seeing you like play and like the atmosphere of like when you were there, you hit the game winners, those shots and like the crowd going nuts. And I just remember like the Ryan center was like always rocking in some of those games, especially like the game winners and everything. Uh, what was it like too, to be a part of those like PC uh, rivalry games too? Oh man. The PC rivalry games was, was serious, man. Uh, yeah. It was just, you know, like I said, man, I never, I never, I think this is why I was so fearless because I never thought about, the situation of the game. I was like, look, this, I know these guys. Like I was looking at PC guys, like, I know these guys. We're seeing we are. We oh, I'm on it's time, it's go time. I yeah. never looked at it like, yo, this is a rival game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even even with all of the games, I never put that pressure on myself because it was just like a game. Like, and I, I always put the pressure on myself, like, look, every game you gotta do good. If you score 40, you gotta like after you had your little fun, you hit the delete button and you gotta reset because if you score two the next game, that 40 is not even gonna look good. You know what yeah. I mean? So I always prided myself on being consistent. So I would erase everything after every game. I wouldn't even look at my stats because I didn't want to get caught up in the numbers and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would never look at my stats until the end of the season. Cause I was like, look, that's when it mattered the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I always hit the reset button. So in these, I mean, these PC games, these, these huge games, I never put the pressure on myself. Like this is a huge game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just living in the moment, man. I was really just living in the moment. I love it. I love it. It just, you love the game and you're just yeah. enjoying, enjoying it while you're out there and playing and everything. That's, that's great. I never thought about even NBA until like, um, I think it was my junior year after Jameer left. I had a lot of like NBA teams coming up to the gym, but I didn't even look at it. I wasn't, I was so naive. I just, I just was like playing. I'm like, they coach with like, yo, the horns coming up here tomorrow. And I'm like, whatever. I know they're not here to see me. Like, you know, I just didn't believe like, it could have possibly been a reality. Yeah. And, it, and it's crazy. And which leads me to the next question, because you go undrafted in the NBA draft, but you're able to play some preseason games with the Clippers. What was that experience like, even just to step on an NBA court, be able to play in the preseason games? Man, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was like a dream. It was a dream because I played in Europe on top teams and they take care of you as a, as a, as a player. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Like yeah. these guys get like with the hotels we're staying in. It's like we went to uh, Russia and the, the plane, the plane that we got on, this would blew my mind. I've never been on like a, a double level, a two level uh, plane. Yeah. But it wasn't like a regular two level. It was like flush from top to bottom. And the, 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 the upstairs was like even better than the downstairs. And we was, the whole downstairs was like first class seat. Yeah. The, the second level was even, it was VIP. So all of the older guys, like the, the vets, was up there like the guys that was like no um set up there but it was just from the this was my first experience they flew me we flew to uh russia and i like the plane and i was like this is this is unbelievable i've never been on nothing like this and then the hotels and then the food um everything the haircuts like it's everything is different the haircuts these guys coming to the gym to cut your hair i'm like but i never forget uh, we, we was going through preseason, so we all had to take pictures and stuff. Yeah. So uh, the guy's like, yeah, man. I'm like, yo, man, I need a haircut. I don't have no haircut. So Elton Brand was like, look, my barber over there, like, I'll take care. Like, don't worry about it. So I go over there to get my haircut. So the dude, like, uh, he's like, I never forget this. He was like, $100. I'm like, $100? Like, I'm used to paying, like, $15, $20 for haircuts at this time. 
Yeah. Like, he's like a hundred dollars. I was like a hundred. I like I don't have that. So I was like, oh, you gotta. This guy's asked me, and I was a rookie. I'm like, I'm a hundred dollars, but yeah. everything was just like it was a it was a it was a, a like two levels up. You know, guys are coming to practice in all kinds of cars. You know what I mean? Like I never even seen these cars before, and they they don't have like the regular version. They got like the turbo sports and everything. Like it was Maybachs, like things I never seen before. It was just, a, and I was living in Hollywood. I was staying with basically Katino Mobley the whole time I was yeah. out there. And Katino Mobley, like in, in Hollywood, he's like a really famous dude. I didn't know this. Like everybody know Katino. So <laughs> we're going to parties and I'm seeing Paris Hilton, um, Beyonce, everybody. You know what I mean? Oh and God. it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a shock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being an NBA player, you know what I mean? It's just a different lifestyle that you got to be a mature individual to really, you know what I mean? know how to control yourself a good thing for me i was just like i said i was just living in the moment all this was new to me so i, I wasn't like overly excited it was just like oh you know what i mean yeah. i always knew i had to take care of business staying in the gym yeah that that's crazy that's a that's a whole different lifestyle that's crazy you got the experience oh, that do you still talk to uh cat at all Catino? yeah i talked to cat probably like two weeks ago oh really I see. So he, yeah he's a philly guy so we all kind of stay in touch you know Alvin Williams, a lot of other guys, Jonathan Haynes, we all kind of stay in touch. I stay close to the veterans. That's awesome. That's really cool. That you get the a couple of URI guys. That's awesome. Yeah, you get yeah, to go yeah. out there, be out there with him at the same time. That's that's really cool. Um, so what's your decision to go over to Europe and like how was that experience playing over in Europe? Well, when I when I got released from the Clippers, I was doing extremely well. And I thought yeah. I was gonna stay for the year. Like Sam Cassell, all these guys were telling me this because I was really playing exceptionally well. Yeah. And uh when I got released, they were trying to get me to go to the, the it was the D League at this time. Yeah. And it was kind of, I was like, the D League? I was like, oh. And I had these teams from like Israel calling me like, look, I got 100000 to come right now. And I was like, hey, that's a lot of money. Man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the D League is like, what, like 1500 Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> like, this is like a no-brainer. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I'm going to tell you a crazy story, you know. So I end up going to Europe, right? Yeah. As I'm in Europe, like two months into the season, Sean Livingston tears his knee up. Oh. So I'm like, damn, if yeah. I would have stayed in the G League, I probably would have got the call up. You know what I mean? So all this yeah. is now I'm like, damn, kill him. But I'm having a great year. I'm in France. I'm having a great year in France. I'm leading the country in scoring. I'm doing really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but I just wasn't, I, I didn't have time to chase the dream. You know, I, I could see what kind of game. I came home after that. I played in a couple summer leagues and I went to a few vet camps with the Spurs, with the Sixers, but yeah. I saw it was just, they were just stringing you along, giving you this, this hope of you, you could possibly make it. And I was like, look, I'm going to get money. You know, yeah. Like I'm not going to keep chasing the dream unless I know it's something that's going to be guaranteed. That's going to help me financially to help my family. Cause I, yeah. had, you know, I was trying to help my mom and dad and everybody. Yeah, that's that's completely understandable. I mean, that I think you made the right decision. I mean, it worked out well for you playing over in Europe. And like you said, you can't be getting string along until you get a guarantee that you're going to play in the league, which is, yeah, which is very seldom. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And you, like you said, you got to take care of your family and everything like that. Um, and playing over in France. And obviously, I mean, you won a championship in, in the Bundesliga, Liga, which is the German league, right, in 2015. Yeah. What was that experience like? I mean, this is <laughs> That was crazy, man. Um, it was crazy because we had a squad. We had a squad. We had Darius Miller, 
who like the year later went to the NBA or the year after went to the NBA. Yeah. Played with Kentucky, went to New Orleans. We had Brad Wanamaker, who was just with the uh, Celtics. Celtics, yep. We had Daniel Tice, who was just with the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, Josh Duncan, who I played against in the A-10. He went to Xavier Monster. Oh, yes, I remember him. Josh Duncan, you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can do everything. Yeah, yeah. And Trevor Mbakwe from Minnesota, Big Ten, like, defensive player of the year, something like that. Man, we 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 were loaded. So we, it was a crazy, it was crazy because Bamberg usually win. They're like one of the winningest one teams in Germany. Yeah. So um, we played against Munich. Munich was tough too. They had a bunch of European guys that, should, that could just play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we played them in championship. First game, I think I got the highlight on YouTube. Um, game, we down 20. They're talking trash going into half court. Like they stopped one of the players. Serbian dude, he like, yeah, man, I told these guys weren't Orlando. They was spanking us the whole year. We didn't, we probably lost five games the whole year. Really? Probably two of the losses was to them. And they were like 20, 30 point losses. And we were wow. smacking everybody else. So we couldn't beat this team. Halftime, first game, we down 20. And we just second half, Brad, everybody opened it up. And then at the end, he hit me for the game winning layup. And then it was just a, that, that series was one of the hardest series ever. And we won it. So that was that championship. I won three championships over there. That wow. that championship was like one of the most satisfying. I got one picture where I'm holding the tr- I'm holding the, uh, the, yeah. the cup with a bear in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just screaming. You know, Germany is famous for their bear. So yeah. that that was another crazy, that was a crazy memory. That whole, that whole situation afterwards, we had a great time. It was beautiful. That's that's so awesome. Man. That's great that you get to win a championship, and that's so cool that you get to play with those all those guys. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure. What was the what's the series like out there? Like how many games do they play? Do they play seven game series. What do they play in the championship? Yeah, I think we play best best the the the, the, uh, the championship was best of five. Okay, and it went to five. You know. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was it was it was crazy, man. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. European basketball is completely different. It's like. It's like it's like no security. <laughs> oh, really? You know, they, what? I remember games in Italy where we would walk on the court, and it it was like everybody brought a roll of toilet paper, <laughs> and and we would walk on the court, and everybody would just throw toilet paper on the court, and it was it was beautiful though to see it coming down. You know what I mean? But it was like, who does this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Horns going off. They're spitting on. I remember I played with a dude named Kyle Hines, the nicest guy you could ever meet. Yeah. And he's like a big rock, though. So we're winning. We're walking to uh, the locker room, and somebody spit on it. So oh. it's it's just like it's overseas. It's ruthless, man. Yeah, like you know, what I mean? it's crazy. But when you come from like where I came from, you know, what I mean Philadelphia. I've been in games where it's like, look, man, you make that foul shot, we're gonna shoot the playground up, and they shoot the playground up. You know, oh my like, god. So. Yeah. Playing in these situations is kind of give you that feeling like of being home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they just going crazy. The fans are talking trash. So you kind of, they kind of those games are the best games for me. That's awesome. And that's that's European basketball. They're going to be following you. They're not calling fouls. Physical game. Really play with the mind instead of the body. It's amazing basketball. That's that's so cool that you got the experience and play over there. And then, did you have a favorite place to like travel to or play at? And as well as, was there like a favorite food place that you had, or a favorite place to eat in what country? Well, Italy was my favorite. I love it. Yeah, the yeah, culture, yeah. The architecture, the people, the people were so cool. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it was so many places you go there. Everything about Italy, and I never the pizza. You know, it was these pizza shops that were that made 
unbelievable pizza. Then when I came home, I couldn't even eat American pizza for about five years because I was like, look, I just it just don't even look it don't even look good to me no more. You know what I mean? So the pizza in Italy and just Italy in in total, it was just a beautiful. It's a beautiful place. That's it is it is very beautiful. The food, I totally agree with you. The food, like oh, man. Pizzas. it's so many places. You got you got Tuscany, Leaning Towers of Pisa, um, uh, uh, Italy, Rome, Venice, Milan, and it's so many other spots that I'm not even naming. That's just beautiful. Yeah, you know I mean? so, yeah. Vienna, it's, it's so many places. It's it's gorgeous. The crazy the history too when you're in Rome or like all those places and see all the architecture yeah. mentioned is just like beautiful and like, history the yeah history like i remember the first time we i got we i played like an hour away from rome so we would go to rome to go to the club or whatever so uh i remember the first time we went to the club and you know you don't expect to see them but they're like right there you know yeah. what i mean and the coliseum was just like right there so i'm like so i stopped and i just walked around I'm like this is really man-made it was crazy that men made that hope it's huge yeah you know what i mean it's huge so i'm it's like this is crazy this is man-made like from the muscle yeah <laughs> crazy it, it's wild too and, it, and it's crazy to like that they could hold they used to put water in there and drain it out like do like battle like ship like ship battles in there which is like absolutely like you said it's man-made it's like you don't I, you don't even see that with what we have here today it's just crazy what they're able man. to do it's unbelievable unbelievable it, it, it's wild so and then after your whole European career is over with um you actually in 2018 you were you coached with the Celtics Summer League what was that experience like to be able to coach and take a take an aspect take a step back and get into coaching um it was great because I was surrounded by a whole bunch of good coaches Brad Stevens Jerome Island um uh Jay Leganera like you know what I mean like I was surrounded by a bunch of good coaches you know what I mean and they was they was they were the one thing about it they were prepared I seen how prepared these coaches were how much game film they watch, how much of it is really broken down into like a science, even yeah. with the training, you know what I mean? Like it's really broken down. So, but the one thing I was surprised of, I thought it was going to be like this drill sergeant when you're in meetings, nobody could talk. Like it was, it's really like a super relaxed atmosphere where everybody come be themselves, practice, like, you know what I mean? And it was, it was great, man. You know what I mean? I, it was, it's a, it's, that's another dream of mine to possibly become an NBA coach at that ever happens or whatever but it was an amazing experience just to sit there and um see how coach stevens runs his practices and stuff and just get a little pieces from all the coaches and see how they do things the trainers the medical staff everything you learn you kind of i try to pick up on everything that's awesome that you got to experience that and see that and be like see the, like coach stevens and work with his his uh his staff uh that's and it was like we were the first ones in the, in the new facility because it had just opened up when yeah I, got there. I mean so it was cool that that's really cool. What's the new facility like over there? Oh, it's beautiful, man. Saunas, yeah. hot tub, everything. Yeah. It's loaded in. It's unbelievable. These NBA guys get everything. Man. These, <laughs> guys, these guys live a different life, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Completely different. Yeah, yeah. Woo. That's crazy. They make some good money. I guess. <laughs> like oh, you see the other contracts. It's it's crazy yeah. what they make. So that yeah. uh, but you know what? And so after everything, you know, your, your pro career is over, you work with the Celtics, what inspired you, you know, to be here in Rhode Island and to, you know, to start the Life of Hoops um, program and everything? Because it's very, it's it's really cool for someone in your background to have start this for like kids in the, in the area. So how did you like, what inspired you to start the Life of Hoops? Um, well, I knew I had an idea of what I wanted to do. 
And yeah. I used to look at these. I knew it was coming to the end, like my last couple of years. Cause I just wasn't having fun with it. Yeah. From coaches or whatever it may have you, whatever it was, I just wasn't. I was kind of losing. It wasn't fun anymore. So I knew I wanted to stay around basketball. Um, I knew I wanted to be an owner of my own business. I knew I didn't want to work for nobody. You know what I mean? I knew that like for a long time in my life that I knew. You know what I mean? And I knew um, I wanted to work around with kids. You know what I mean? So. I started training. Like I knew I was going to start training, but my wife started pushing me and she came up with the name. I was like, well, I need a name. And she was like, well, you know what I mean? Your life is all about hoops. So like life hoops. So I was like, that's kind of good. I'm like, I'm gonna use that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I reached out to a friend named Damon Preston. He now works with a record label, but he worked at um a Reebok at the time. So um I reached out to him. He got a graphic, got in touch with his graphic design guy and made the logo for me. So I made these flyers and everything. And the first couple of weeks, I, I got like one person that was like my godson. You know what I mean? So I was like, this maybe, maybe it's not a good idea. <laughs> and then the second week, I got like two people. You know what I mean? But the, but the first kid wasn't there. So I had one again. You know what I mean? And that one person turned into two. And like all these flyers, I made none of them flyers help. It was really through word of mouth that really the band, the brand is really um, getting big now. Now I got my own. Clothes, hats, jackets, everything. You know what I mean? So it's really branded on me now. That that's cool. I gotta get some one of those uh uh shirts yeah, I gotta on the hat. Gear, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I'll send you some gear as well, too. I'll have to send you some. So the roadie run back gear, but yeah, yeah. you know I'm a rocket. Yeah, sweet. I appreciate that. Um, but you know, what's it like, you know, to start training and actually really make an impact on kids' lives and see them develop uh, and become good basketball players themselves? Well, the first thing is like, I believe in what I can do. You know, yeah. I, mean, I really put a lot of time and pre preparation into it. So I really believe in myself. <clears throat> I mean, like anybody, I believe I'm the best out here. And I go into it with that mindset, um, knowing that every day you got to get better. You can't just be good now because it'll die out. So you got to keep coming up with new ways to teach. And that's the thing you got to teach. You know what I mean? Yeah. You really got to teach as if the kid never seen a basketball in his life. That's where I had the most fun at because I like to see them come from completely not being able to do anything to whatever they become. You know what I mean? That's where I get the satisfaction. And you starting to see now, I worked with a lot of young kids. Now they're getting a little older, you know what I mean? And you can, you can see the character that, that they're building and they're starting to become accustomed to this hard work, dedication, determination, and discipline thing that I go off. And, um, they're becoming better individuals and better young men because I'm holding them accountable. And I know what it takes, like really, you know what I mean? I was the kid that fell in love with the workout, not the success. Yeah. I, I worked out three times a day when I was a player. I ran hills, I did all of the hard work. So it's nothing that I haven't seen or I haven't done myself. All of the things that I'm teaching, I've actually been through or done myself, you know what I mean? I can teach you how to prepare for a game mentally or different game situations of if they trap you or what kind of sets they throw at you. I'm educated enough in this sport to, to teach a kid and share these experiences, and that's what I'm here for, you know what I mean? It's about, you can't just keep all the knowledge, you gotta give it to people so the earth become a better earth, a better world, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm here for, to help these kids become better players and become better men. And then when they get older, I don't want anything from you. Just uh, when you see me, just show me some love. That's yeah. all I want. You know what I mean? 
That's, that's awesome. I love it. I think that's amazing. And you, you can really tell you're passionate about it and passionate about the kids and what you do. And it's great that you're able to like give your experiences and pass them on, which I think is always giving back is like the one, the, the most important things that makes it makes a better, better earth and yeah. everything. And how did you come up with those hashtags, the hard, the hard working, the dedication and what made you like come up with those, <coughs> four, those four things that you live by? Because I used to watch these Floyd Mayweather uh, documentaries. Yes, I did. Service. Yeah, so, yeah. I used to watch him and I'm like, yo, this dude really working out at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And ain't nobody doing this. You know what yeah. I mean? So little things like that would push me. I would be up late night watching it. Like, yo. So I had a guy named Mr. Missoula used to help me get into the gyms out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, Mr. I would call him like, Mr. Missoula, I need you to get me to the gym. I would go into the gym at like one in the morning and stay until three in the morning just wow. to push myself. I, I love pushing myself. One time I read a Michael Jordan book and I'm like, yo, he used to work at a 5 a.m. I want to see if I could do that for a whole summer. So I would push myself to do these things. So Floyd used to get in the gym at like uh, like 2 a.m. So yeah. now coming home from overseas, I'm older. I have a child now. I, I don't want to. I'm Sometimes uh, when you're overseas, you, you dedicate a lot of your time to basketball practices. So when I came home, I wanted to spend a lot of time with my daughter and family time. You know what I mean? So I'm like, how can I still work out? Like all players do when you become an adult and have family. Like, I don't want to miss none of the family stuff. So what can I do? So I would have to work out early in the morning, you know, possibly watch the baby all day or do something, you know what I mean, while my wife worked. And then I would go to the gym at like, like I would want to still spend time with my wife when she got home from work, play with my daughter. And then when everybody go to sleep, I'm off at the gym. And I can wow. sleep whenever I want. So I would just wake up in the morning. I didn't have a job at this point, you yeah. know what I mean, because I'm still playing. You know what I mean, I was just, my life was dedicated to working out, but I had to get my workouts in, but I couldn't, um, not, I had to spend time with my daughter as well. Yeah. So yeah, things that, like that pushed me. That's awesome. And I, and I, I know what you mean. Like I, I did watch those like 24 sevens and those documentaries about Floyd Mayweather. You always, every time you like work, say hard work, dedication. Oh, dedication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, I, I kind of put the last two, like hard work, dedication, determination, and discipline, because you got to be determined. And more important, like you got to be disciplined. Like you, yeah. you have to be disciplined. It's gonna be a lot, of, and, and it's and it's, it's it's sacrifice. Like my sacrifice that I'm now seeing is, like I'm I'm missing. I missed a lot of family time, like with my aunts, my uncles, my little cousins. And this is like this is thing. Like it's hurt. It's not hurting me because like I'm thinking about it. Man, I'm like, dang, I really missed a lot of time with my family because I'm in Europe. Ten months, you don't get Thanksgiving breaks. You don't get Halloween breaks. You don't. You barely you. you might get a Christmas break and it'd be like three days you know what I mean so you yeah. take like a half a day to fly there you know what I mean so you're not getting a lot of time with your family back home you're living this amazing life you know what I mean but you're not back home with your you got little cousins that's probably basketball player growing up that you can't even train them because you're chasing your own dream and I was the person like when I'm locked in on something like I really have tunnel vision so I don't see anything that I've been through like I just lock in yeah and it's a gift and a curse because you kind of put a lot of things out because you're so locked in, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. it's a gift because you're prepared for the, the, the journey and the situation ahead of you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So all of it is a gift and a curse. Like I missed, I missed uh, a lot of my friends, things that they've done in their life just because I was away chasing my dream. So it's a, it's a sacrifice too. So you gotta be disciplined though, just to not lose it. You know what I mean? You're in Europe away from your family. You gotta keep it together. You gotta be disciplined to not go out and get drunk every day. Nobody's around. You got to be disciplined to work out every day at five o'clock in the morning. So it's hard work, dedication, determination, and discipline. 
I, I love it. I think it's amazing. I love the, you know, your backstory too about it. I've how you explained of like with the discipline and everything that you've been through in your life. And I love that you're able to pass around because you're right. You do have to make the sacrifices to follow your dream. And sometimes it's not, people don't see it that way, but you know, you have to do what you do is best for yourself and your family down the line. And that's exactly what you did. And I'm glad that you're installing that information into uh, the kids that you work with and the, what life of hoops is all about as well, too. That's, that's great. I love that. It's, what it's about man yeah it's awesome it's awesome and then what when did you start au when a life of hoops au as well too you guys do that as well yep so i started that around 2018 i was training i started to train you know so i'm getting more kids and i'm training i'm like all right um i don't get a chance to see the games that these kids are playing because i'm working so much i'm still trying to build the brand you know what i mean until yeah. i can be like all right i'm not working i'll get somebody else to do it today you know so i'm not seeing them play so i was like how how can I know I'm training a kid the right way if I hadn't seen him play? Yeah. So I'm like, what am I doing? So I said, let me at least, I'm talking to all these kids, they all play AAU. So I'm like, AAU is this big now? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this thing is like, this is, I come home and I'm like, this is a whole new world to me. I don't know <laughs> nothing about nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm like, AAU, they're like, yeah, we play AAU. Like, this is big time coach. We're doing air, air, air. So I'm like, really? So I'm like, all right, well, What's the point of sending you away when I can coach you? Because yeah. then I'll know what exactly I got to do to train you so you can become the player that I envision or I see you becoming. You know what I mean? So this is why I started the AU. Now I can get it. Now I want it to become like a whole program, a whole development program from top to bottom. You know I, what I mean? So that's the that's the goal. That's awesome. I love it. And like you said, the AU thing, I didn't even know AU was that big until like my nephew started getting into it. And like, especially now at the high school level, it's like, Oh, a, it's huge it's a big thing now it's crazy that's that's great you were able to get into it and uh that's awesome that you have like this huge program development program and everything so that that's awesome how can like anyone get in contact with you that's interested in uh working out with you in the life of hoops uh, so you can always reach me on facebook or facebook twitter or instagram at life of hoop at life of hoop l-i-f-e zero f-h zero zero p-s on all those platforms, you can call me 215-279-3482. And um, or you can reach me at lifehoops.org online. So I'm always available. I reach out to all try to get back to people as fast as possible. But I'm here and try to create something special. I love it. That's great. So if anyone's interested, especially if uh, coach Robinson's background and everything that he's doing coaching and like his professional training I'm sure he can give you every all the tools that you need to be successful as a basketball player and as well as to be successful off the court as well too so that's awesome that coach Robinson is here in our neighborhood and uh you know in Rhode Island so it's it's great to, to have him here and I'm glad that he's here to give you guys uh lessons that you need yes come and get some work yeah definitely coach yeah, exactly. Coach, I got a few pro I got a few questions left that are just for fun and just to, for the listeners to get to know you stuff that's just outside of uh basketball and life hoops and everything. First thing is what's your favorite food? Oh, I'm so I'm so I'm a complicated person. Uh, <laughs> my favorite food. I don't even really have a favorite food. Like I'm that guy. I don't have a <laughs> but probably uh lasagna i'll say lasagna like good lasagna yeah all right that's that sounds good can't go wrong with good lasagna yeah. uh <laughs> what's your uh do you have a favorite music or favorite artist um nope i don't i don't have a favorite artist i love uh, a whole bunch of different artists i would say ever rapper biggie smalls is my favorite rapper notorious yeah. big but i listen to all kinds of music uh 
uh, old school soul, um, doo-wop, hip-hop, R&B, oldies, pop. You know what I mean? I don't listen to country music, but um, I listen to almost everything. I don't have a favorite basketball team because I just love a whole bunch of different players. Michael Jordan was my favorite, you know what yeah. what I mean? but I got a lot of other favorites like Kobe and AI. Uh, but I do have a favorite. All the Philadelphia teams in every other sport, I have a favorite. Is it the Rocking Eagles? With all my Philly teams, yeah. yeah. Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, all of them. What yeah. do you think about the Eagles' uh, Super Bowl win? Oh, man. I mean, we just, we, you, I'm the guy, like, you got to X that one out. We got to get another one now, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, so it's going to be tough, but we need another one now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm ready for another one. Patriots <laughs> winning all these goddamn Super Bowls. Like, we need one. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then last last question. I usually ask everyone this one just for fun, but uh, favorite thing outside of just basketball and the training and everything, what do you, what do you like to do outside of that? Just spend time with my family, man. I mean, really, I'm I'm the guy that go to work to come home. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I love going to the beach, though. I love the beach. It's just like the beach is the water. is just the water. I just love it. I, I could just, like, fall asleep on the water all the time. <laughs> so being on the beach is, like, my favorite thing to ever do. I love it. Yeah. You can't beat the beach, especially when you're in Rhode Island. we got some really nice yeah. beaches here. And yeah. just get That's to what got me. When I went to the beach, when I came here and we was on the beach, I was just like... You know the beach is it's so peaceful. You can just really think when you're on the when you buy that water. And I never forget after the party, I just was on the beach just thinking like I could get used to this. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I'm coming. I love it. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad our beaches sold you to play at URI, yeah. uh, Coach. This is a lot of fun. I'm very excited that like you know to have you on the show. Um, like I said, was a big fan of yours when you're playing at URI, and also a big fan of yours of now what you're doing with Life of Hoops. So. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, do you have any questions, comments, or statements before we sign off? No, nah, man. I just thanks for the time you gave me, man. And um, I look forward to the future. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, Coach. Have a good one. Uh, you too, man. Thank you. Hey. All right. That was my interview with Coach Robinson. More great things to come down the line. I had a really a lot of fun interviewing him. Um, some more episodes coming out. Later next week, I had some a hiccup with some interviews this week. Uh, I was not feeling so well, so my apologies to those I was supposed to have on the show. I had to reschedule with them, and they will be back on the show uh, later on this week. So a couple great episodes coming out for you guys next week. I'll keep you updated with the schedule on Instagram, but I appreciate everyone tuning in like they do every week. It is a greatly appreciated. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you on Monday.